0: we want to welcome you today to the Awakening Moments podcast. Um, I'm here, Lori Boucher, with uh, my co-host Rhonda Corto, and we are going to continue in our Mentoring Moments series as we unpack the last part of the command that Jesus gave us um, to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the last part of the command was this, the second part of the command is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And so we're looking at um, this scripture from Luke 10, and we're going to dive into this part of the conversation today. How do we love our neighbor? How do we love others as we love ourselves? And so there are two really, really important aspects to this. Number one is the command to love others. But number two is How does that play into how we love ourselves? Do we love ourselves? Are they connected? How are they connected? These are some of the things that we wanna talk about. The other thing I just wanna start by mentioning is, you know, when Jesus left earth, when he ascended into heaven, he said, this is the final command that I have for you to love one another as I have loved you. So Jesus asked us to use his life as an example to learn from the way that he lived in loving others and then to follow that behavior as we become his disciples, as we learn from his ways, we are to do what he did. And so that was the final thing that he said before he went to heaven. That's how he wanted us to live. And so I think it's worth looking at. I think it's worth digging into. And I also want to say straight up front, this is a lifelong journey of learning exercising practicing how to love others and to love ourselves but it all starts with the very beginning of the command to love god Hmm. and so let's dive into this today
1: i love that and i love even the beginning like when you look at the order of the actual scripture when it talks about love the lord your god and then it goes with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, your strength. And then love your neighbors, you love yourself. But I feel like exactly what you're saying we have to learn to love God. We have to understand the love that God has for us, that we were chosen by Him before the foundation of the world he made a plan to love us to redeem us it's not something we ever earned it was given to us the absolute gift of salvation is not by striving that's why we can't boast about it we can't put any pride in what we've done to res- to gain that it's been an absolute gift of grace and so from that place that's the foundational place so if there is number 1 in the foundation this is where the cracks are, where the God is always going to, is to say, do you know how much I love
0: you? It's so Unconditionally. true. Unconditionally. Because even the book of John, right, says that we can only love God because he first <laughs> yes. loved us. Oh. Like his love for us comes before we can even return that love to him. Mm. And so I think that's, that's actually such an important part to anchor into. If we cannot receive God's love for us, how much he loved us first, before we even knew him, before we even knew what he had done for us, before even we were born. (laughs) If we can't embrace this, if we can't receive, and I think it comes honestly from a revelation from the Holy Spirit of how much God loves us, there's actually no place that we can even move forward in first loving God, let alone really loving others the way that God shows us to love. It's so true because it doesn't matter how many years you've been in a relationship
1: with Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you just gave your life to Jesus Christ. This is a journey that will always be challenged. This is where the enemy goes first, because if he can crack this foundation in your life, everything else is built upon it. Everything is built upon the gift of salvation and the unconditional love of God, everything, everything hinges on that. And so this is where even in my own life, when I start to feel inadequate not qualified, insecure, lose my confidence, feel discouraged, if I trace it right back, I need a fresh revelation that day of God's love for me. It's not a one and done. It's a constant, constant revelation that renews me and refreshes me, but also re-anchors me and realigns truth. Even when you're reading the word of God, if you don't have the lens of reading the word of God, that God loves me, and this is why he's given me these commands, versus I have to do these commands to love God. It could be, you can reverse the order as you read the word. Truth can even be changed on how you receive truth from the word. We need the love of God to anchor us at the filter is that he loved us. He showed us how to live because he loves us and wants us to be close to him it's not because he l- takes pleasure in punishing us he takes pleasure almost like dangling a carrot in front of us and making us work as hard as we can only to move it back a bit and say oh not quite Not that's not the god we serve we serve a god that gave everything his son made everything for us to be in relationship with him. And so today we just want to remind, I'm reminding myself in this podcast and I'm reminding each of us that it's about the love of God. But this is something that's challenged. This is at the very beginning, the enemy will challenge the truth of this in your life and will continue to. And so loving God and having a revelation is an ongoing thing. And I know for my own self because I naturally tend to go into striving mode. I tend to go into the earning mode. And a to-do list, like if I do this and I do that, then this will be good enough. Or if I don't do all these things, then I, I actually, I'm not qualified. And I start to go down this very, like this rabbit hole that is toxic. It's not healthy. And it brings me always to a place of death, fruitful, it's fruitless. And there's no absence, there's absence of life there. But when we're anchored in God, when God shows us in our weakest of times that he's our strength, because it's about him, he loves us. He cares for us and so that's the foundation i love
0: that that starts the scripture love the lord your god love him and let him reveal himself to you yes that is so good okay so do you think we should talk first about loving others or first about loving ourselves (sighs) how do you think these two play into each other where's the starting place because again i i might say that i don't think we can actually love others well if we don't love ourselves but again if we're if we're kind of making connections between how these all play together we also can't love ourselves well if we don't have a revelation of how much god loves us mm-hmm. so the the identity place, the anchor place that we want to root into our identity is that we are loved by God. We are unconditionally loved by God, not based on what we do, not based on how we perform, not based on how well we even follow God's word and the Bible and do what God says. Like it's not based in any of those things. God doesn't say, Like these things are what make me love you. No, he loves us. His love is established as part of our identity. And we have to root into that as part of just who we are. Just like we bear a last name that we were born into that we didn't have to work to bear that last name. We bear because we are in Christ, his love. Like we're just in his love in that very, very same And even in that legal way, like in the spiritual realm, it's a legality that we have been actually set apart and called as part of the family of God, loved by God. And it's a, it's a space that we belong, that we, um, yeah, just have full, full access to. So I think we have to anchor our identity there in order to then love ourselves in order to then love others. That's kind of how I see them playing together. I think that's exactly the order. I do. I, I definitely
1: believe that because it is exa- what you said. I think the nail in the head is the identity piece. It's not a vanity piece. We're not talking about I love myself better than others. Like I'm so much more important. We're talking about I am loved by God and the value that God sees in me and the significance of who I am as his daughter allows me to freely live a life of abundant life and joy to give to others out of the generosity I've received. It just flows right through me. It really is from a place
0: of identity. I love that. Yeah, that is so good. That is so good. Okay. So, what happens then if you don't actually love yourself? Because I've seen a lot of people who, you know, would struggle with even believing that they're loved by God, would struggle with loving themselves, like truly loving themselves. Like maybe everything in their life has sort of told them that, no, they don't have value, they're not worthy. You know, important people in their life have spoken just like horrible things into who they are. And so, In their very identity, there are just these foundational cracks that would say, no, you're not worthy. You're not worthy of God's love. You have no value. You have no worth. You'll never amount to anything. So out of this space, there is no self-love. There's no love for self. There's no love for how does a person like that love others? How does a person like that love God? What do you think is the process to be able to kind of get to the other side of that? Because I've sat with people like this. I've spoken to people who have, you know, shared these kinds of things and they seem to be able to love others in a way that they don't have the same sort of measure of grace or measure of compassion for themselves. You know, they they can s- sort of self-sacrificially serve others or try to love others, but it It doesn't come from the identity rooted in God what do you think's going on there and how do you think people can kind of work through that Hmm. well Laura those are really good
1: questions and I'm you know what just to be honest I think we all struggle with understanding the love of God and I just want to even put that right out there like you can look at anybody that you respect and we all have to wrestle with that now those deep cracks like that's the wounding and things. We all have different measures of that, and different backgrounds and different experiences. And i do believe like we've talked about in past podcasts i think on the outside we can do a lot of things that look really noble and great we can whether it's a religious thing whether it's whatever it may be. but i i feel like it can also be from a place of needing deep validation so we have to always measure why am i doing this like is it because i want to like legitimate? i feel like there's just this generosity of love for somebody that god's asked me to do and is it always easy no so i even want to say this loving others is not a feeling it's not always a feeling yes many times there is a feeling but many times a feeling may come after and many times it's a decision it's the decision that i'm going to serve in this way i'm going to put that person first i'm going to put this time aside and serve in this way but i think what you're asking is i think at the deepest core of our hearts there is this place of a void that we always have to ask god are you filling that void Or am I doing things to be validated to fill that void? I think right away, it goes back to a core issue. Now it could be helping people and being needed and wanted and always giving, 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 because there's a validation that comes from that. It could be religious. It could be my prestige. It could, you name it. We all have something that wants to fill this core that leaves us wanting because it has to come from an identity and a rootedness that God can only fill the worth and the identity piece in our heart. So I think it goes back to the core of what it's coming from or needing
0: Yes, yes. No, that that that's a great articulation. That is so excellent. And I I just encourage you, you know, if you if you kind of relate to that and struggle with loving like genuinely loving yourself, like I think Rhonda and I really would just encourage you to sort of dig into that space and what is there and let God into mm. that foundation. Let him in. Let him into those spaces, own that. Take time to reflect on that. Take time to think through what are the th- what are the cracks in your identity? What's preventing you from actually receiving the fullness of the love of God? Because at the end of the day, I think, you know, you you described it so well, Rhonda. It's like, what is the motivation for why we're doing some of those things? And if it isn't rooted in the love of God, like if it doesn't come from that root, it's not that those people aren't going to feel loved. They are. They will feel your love. Absolutely. And God, you know, he, he does he uses us despite us. We never do it perfectly. We never love people perfectly. But I think at the end of the day, there's a robbing that happens to you. There's a robbing that happens to you in that you're not going to receive the fullness of life and abundant life and joy and intimacy with the father through that loving if your if your identity is not rooted in God's love for you that's Mm. where you're going to get robbed and you might say and I think we would say this too sometimes that's fine then like if it's just me that's going to get robbed okay that's fine like I'll take that you know what I mean maybe I deserve that maybe I you know we kind of accept less for ourselves Mm. and we can do that as long as we can really, really, really prove to others how much we love them. But there's a beautiful intimacy that the Father's inviting us into. Rana goes back to a bit of your word and how you described it, right? That yes, God is going to give you what you need. So you can come to the table and get what you need. Absolutely. And you can give that out. It can nourish you and you can give that out. But there is actually something so much deeper that the Father's inviting you into an abundance of life that the Father's inviting you into in the midst of this. And that's where we're talking about encouraging you to dive into rooting your identity and being loved by God and how important that is. And just honestly, just keep chipping away. Just keep chipping away. It's not something you can force to happen, but you can keep going to those places. And, and if those lies that have shaped your identity come up, then you say, no, in Jesus name, I will not believe this lie anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to replace this lie with the truth, with the truth of what God says that I am completely loved and begin just crack by crack, letting God fill those places and root your identity in that. Cause again, it is about you receiving the fullness of intimacy with the father and the gift that God wants to give you in that space. Not, not as much about your output and mm. what you're doing for others, because again, we can self self, sacrificially give till we're dead, like till we have nothing left to give. But if the motive isn't right, then we won't be full of the abundant life that is promised to us. And Mm -hmm. that could be ours. Okay. Here's another question. Do you love yourself? Okay. And I know that's just like a straight up question. You know, maybe you can say yes or no to. but do you love every part of yourself? Mm -hmm. So do you love yourself? What would you say generally? Do you love every part of yourself? Okay. Do I love myself at this age of my life? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. So maybe not always? Not always. Okay. No, I don't think always. Like love at myself. every stage or no. age. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I love myself. Yes. Do I love every part of myself? No. <laughs> the things I love to change? Yes. Are the things I do, I don't want to do? Yes. And there's areas I think even females like body image, you name it, like you look at as you're growing old <laughs> everywhere. Like it's everywhere.
0: (laughs) Oh, I know. But you know, like honestly, our age looking in the mirror, it's not going in the right direction anymore.
1: (laughs) But I've also like, there's, I don't also dwell on that. But if I was to be honest, I don't love every single part of myself. No, no. But do I love myself? Yes. Yes. Okay. And that's been a journey. Yeah. That's been a journey.
0: How about you? How would you answer that? I would say, yes, I (laughs) do love myself. But again, like, it's, it's interesting even to ask me that question because I feel like at first answer I would say yes and I really love myself. Like I love myself so much that I like sometimes like fantasize about just being with myself. <laughs> like I don't really like going away by yourself like just I don't really need anybody else like I'm just so good with myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I love myself a little too much you know what I mean yeah. like yeah. like kind of think of it like that but if I then just bring it down to like a deeper layer like if I really that's kind of the surface do you know what I mean kind of at the top I mean, often we'll talk about how the heart has like the top half and like, oh, this is where I like to live from. But then there's the bottom half, right? Where the pain lives and where the brokenness lives and where the frustrations live and where my own limitations live that I'm like, oh. And so like, again, similarly, do I love every part of that? No, I don't. But I am intentionally in this season really trying to let God into that half of my heart in an mm-hmm. honest way. Like I'm trying not to stay in the surface half and be like, I just love myself. Like, I this is awesome. God, you're so awesome. I'm actually trying to let God into the other half. That's actually got some ugly in there. That's actually got some, some, yeah, just brokenness and some, sin and some struggles and, and all of that. And really let God into that space. And because I want a revelation of, you know, what Paul said when he said, you know, my power is perfected in weakness. I want to be able to connect to that vulnerability place because I actually think that's the linger at the table, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like that's again, that's the lingering for the intimacy that's where it's found it's like god no i need you here this top half i'm good i'm good i am thriving in life but this bottom half like i am actually not thriving in every way and if i'm honest with that and let god into that space it kind of sucks and it's a bit sad you know what i mean like it's letting yourself into the sad parts of life and it's sitting in that and letting letting got into the frustrations my own frustrations with myself um but i am doing it (laughs) i am doing it and it's but it's hard yeah yeah like it's a hard it's a harder space right and that that would be the part that i need the continued revelation that actually like God loves even that. He knows all of that. And he loves even that so that from there, I can then love others well, because that helps me to love them in their brokenness. If I can love myself in my brokenness, then I can love others in their brokenness well. And I can go into that space with others and, um, and really meet them there. So Mm. yeah that's really profound it is so true
1: it's allowing god to allow it's allowing god into those spaces exactly especially you know if like you and i've talked about and maybe those listening it's not a space that you naturally talk about where it's hard it's negative or you just suppress it you just push it down and you get busier or you focus on the good or you just switch it up to be like oh, wasn't that bad? I learned this about it, whatever. You take on a different perspective versus just getting into the suckiness of it and being like, actually, I'm sad. sad. Or why am I getting so upset about this situation? Oh, okay. There's something way deeper that I need to just deal with. I need to deal with this feeling that I have of lack of trust, God's withhold, held something for me, bitterness, resentfulness, whatever it may be. And I've got that. I've got that. And the Lord, you know, often when something triggers up, I'll be like, oh, this, is so, fr- this so frustrated me, but when I actually look at it, I'm like, oh, it actually wasn't that. That was just an indicating light of something else. And it's taking the step, one more step. Because in that moment, I could be like, okay, well, I'm just gonna let it go and no big deal. But instead of saying, okay, God, what's there? Like, what is actually there that I got this upset or I feel really frustrated? Because really that's not, I know there's probably more there. And that's a hard thing for me to do even as you're acknowledging Lord, that's a really hard thing for me to do because I just want to reframe it move on and fill it with all the great things and like we've talked about plan something else do something great <laughs> I don't know you know but I think that's exactly where God is going to say I want you to know me there and I want you to be free to allow me in there because I will redeem that space but I've got I've got to go there and uh, I think that's really powerful how you just described it, because as we let God go in there, it's like we are then fully loved by God and fully known by God. But if we only have certain rooms, like I think of the house. OK, let's be honest. If you have people over to your house, certain rooms, you're not letting anyone in right now. It's probably my storage room. It's disaster. <laughs> my closet. I don't know what it could be. Some a junk drawer. Someone goes to get you are like, don't open that drawer or, you know, whatever it may be. We, yeah. we have it. You may not. I don't know. I don't want to put everyone oh, in the no, category.
0: No. We, all, <laughs> know, we, we all have, we have it. it.
1: All the have trunk of your car. I don't mm-hmm. know. But all that to say, like that's kind of in, in essence to say, okay, God, you can live in this space. I vacuumed. I've cleaned. It's an open space. All my windows are open. This is great. But God's like, no, I want to go reorganize the ugly closet. And you're like, no, it's okay. That's what God's doing because God wants to own every single room of our heart, every single room of our life. So we can really live fully with him it's about him intimately being with us it's not about being exposed it's not about him just wanting to just like we've talked about this misconception of god and punishment and wanting to like reveal and condemn us and show us how wrong we are no god flies open those doors to say i'm going to get in there i'm going to organize it with you i'm not going to do this to you i'm going to do this with you and we're going to do this together and I want to be here with you through it all. And that's a beautiful thing. So I think that's what we're talking about, what God is doing. And so in those moments, open up the junk drawer. Just open it up. Let him get into the junk drawer because being closed is actually serving no good. It's like you said, robbing, and it's good for nobody. But when he gets into those spaces, we can't undo past history. There's things you can't undo. It's done. It's happened. There's been wrongs and brokenness that can't be undone. But what God can do as he transforms those spaces is nothing short of miraculous. And this is the signs and the wonders. This is the sign and the wonder. And you can be part of being a sign and a wonder. This is what God wants to do. It's not just what we see on the outside, like deaf ears opening and eyes blind to the eyes. It's actually the internal is miraculous. And so let's open the junk drawer and let him do the miraculous so
0: good oh i love that i love that you know it's interesting because in order to love others there also is this interesting thing that needs to happen Uh, at least it does for me where there is like a dying to self as well you know like not in every case of course some situations or relationships maybe feel more natural to show love or to serve But a lot of times there does need to come a dying to self. And this could look in a variety of different ways. So if you, you know, maybe are self-focused, then it is to die to some of those self-focused plans, ways, behaviors, actions, you know, in order to love and serve other people. But for other people who maybe struggle or maybe really hard on themselves, like there is a dying to even self criticism, you know, in order to love others, step out of for those who would diminish even what they have and the ways that they have to bring to the world, there's a dying to diminishing even how you can love someone and how you can really make a difference. And every time, you know, we talk about loving others, obviously Corinthians 13, you know, first Corinthians 13 comes to mind and all the ways that we love people you know love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it is not rude it is not self-seeking all of these different expressions of love they all do require a sort of a death to flesh and a death to self and a death to what may feel more natural you know our natural kind of way our natural kind of behavior our natural kind of choices we all gravitate towards what's easier the path of least resistance and honestly like truly loving people even loving our husbands even when you're in a loving relationship and a loving marriage to actually show the way of love patience kindness gentleness you know do not envy do not boast do not be self-seeking these are not natural Like, it's natural to do what I want to do, to see things the way that I want to see it. So even in the most, you know, closest relationship that you'd think, oh yeah, of course I'm going to love and I'm going to serve. It doesn't come natural. And isn't that an interesting thing? But this is a command of Jesus. This is what he said. Love me and love others. This is all, if this is all you work on for your entire walk of faith, that's it. If you don't work on anything else, this would be enough mm. oh my goodness and this is life work this is it this is your life's work this right is here. your life's
1: work this, this is, it. is our life's work you want to know your purpose right here <laughs> right here this is it yeah we've just told you if
0: you've been yeah. lacking purpose we just told you right now <laughs> like look it's, no further it's interesting because like if i were to think about loving you loving you as my friend mm-hmm. like loving you as my friend is really easy because you don't actually demand anything of me so I just get to love you freely. Like, I just get to love you. So like, if you're sick, I can bring you something, you know, um, you know we're, we're there for each other whenever, like whenever we need to be there for each other, it's not hard, it's mm-hmm. not arduous, it doesn't, it's not difficult, because we don't demand anything of each other per se. Do you know what, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I can just love you freely and you just receive the love that I give. I can encourage you. I can build you up. I can be a good friend to you. I can, you know, you can confide in me. I can be there for you. I can pray for you. Like, I just get to love you. And But in your relationship with your husband, with your kids, it's not. it's not the same. It's harder to love because there is actually a demand of you. Like, mm-hmm. there's actually something expected, said or unsaid. Of how you're going to love, what that looks like, how you best do it. Like all, so it just, it's very, very interesting loving your family, like loving your immediate and extended family. Like these are sometimes the hardest people to love because they are there. Mm -hmm. Like your parents are your parents. Not for everybody. And I understand for some, the relationship is very healthy and it's easy. But for a lot of people, this is like a hard because <laughs> the cycles of dysfunction happen over and over mm-hmm, and over again. Mm-hmm. But the command doesn't change. We're mm-hmm. called to
1: love. Wow, that's a good way of saying it. The command doesn't change, but the cycles do. The, the, the brokenness continues, but the command does not change. It's the same, you know, and the Lord, you know, even as you were just talking about, it's so true. Like the more you are the more intimate in serving and being like when you think of living with your family and your kids, it's very self-sacrificing, right? Like you have to put your time on hold or something comes up or your f- whether it's finances, time, energy, you name it. You, the list goes on and on. You know, <laughs> I often joke, my one has a job, my one daughter has a job and she'll complain about how much money it is to eat out but it's always asking for us to eat out. It makes me laugh so hard because it's different, but realizing- she like, wants you to pay for it. Yeah, but I'm like, this is my
0: paycheck. I don't feel like you know. <laughs> I, this is a Gen Z <laughs> thing, right? Eh? Like they I, have so much money. They're so good with their money. <laughs> they have these know. huge savings accounts. And they're like, mom, can you buy this for me? Can you pay for this? Can you take me out for lunch? like what the heck I you have so much money <laughs> i know i was, I was joking the other day because they were complaining this
1: she was complaining about how much eating out has cost her this past month this past month with different things yeah, and she, friends going yeah, out whatever, whatever. Yeah. and i'm like you can imagine what it feels like for me that i work to feed you like really, when you just put that in those words, she's
0: like, "Oh, I guess so." I'm like, "I was joking with brother, well, kind of," but those are the things. It's like everything. How much of your paycheck goes to feed your family, and you're like, "Guess what? I can't buy shoes because I have to feed you." <laughs> <laughs> I know. Stop I just I can't go on a vacation yeah. because I have to feed you. <laughs> I know.
1: And it's really like, and this is part of God making us more like him it really is but it really demands like you're talking about that demand the greater the demand the greater like those it rubs against you your own selfishness what you want and like once again we're not talking about healthy boundaries this is not a boundary class this is just about loving But the beautiful thing is the Lord allows it even the more intimate relationships become and it starts to demand more from you. He he does it and he brings difficult people into your life too because it's meant to change you. It's actually not about that person. I learned that too late and I'm still learning it. But oftentimes when I've had things rub or personalities rub, I'll be so frustrated. And when I look back through the process, I realize, oh, I needed that actually. Like I needed to love I need to love someone different than me, different perspective, or it was rubbing something out of me that was not even about that person. It went way back, but I need grace. I I think it's your father-in-law used to say grace growers. They're called grace growers. You know what? You will have grace growers when you just think you've kind of mastered one. God will bring you another because it's about refining the flesh selfishness in us.
0: That's what it's about. Yes, yes. I love that. And you know what? We all have those people in our lives and especially like even just broken relationships, relationships that break down or where there's just been pain or hurt in relationships. Like all of these things, they demand something of us. They demand this self-sacrificial, like laying down, dying to flesh, saying like, okay, God, like what are you asking me to do in this? And again, like sometimes loving does mean saying like, I'm not going to put myself in that's right. that situation again. But there always is a restorative nature to where God wants to bring us. And I don't like even in this day and age of like cut off all toxic people and things like that. I actually don't think that's freedom. I really don't like I, I, I see that like I see people saying things like, yeah, I just cut out everyone toxic in my life. I actually think that God wants to bring us to a place where we can actually be in relationship with toxic people. Um, But the relationship with them, their toxicity doesn't affect us in the same way. Like God wants to bring us to a place of freedom that we don't allow that toxicity into us. Mm. And that, that does mean boundary setting. That does mean. Like letting, you know, maybe we don't have as much, they don't have as much access as maybe they did at one time or different things like that. But us coming to a place of being able to establish, okay, how can I still be healthy even if this person continues in my life? Like, let's say, let's say it's a parent. Let's say it's it's, it's someone in our family that we don't actually have, we don't actually have a choice about them being in relationship with us. We do have to get to a place where God has, um, helped us to be whole enough to be able to continue to have rela- a sort of relationship with them. I, I really, really believe that with all my heart, because honestly, just cutting out every toxic person in your life, I don't think that's actually freedom. Mm. I don't think that's actually like living in truly a free way. So that that was just totally, totally a side note. but But honestly, it is it requires a death to self to truly truly be able to love people and it is not an easy thing at all it is uh it demands a lot of us it um and i love how you said like god is working out in us god is working out something in us that he needs to work out in Mm -hmm. us and he's using those relationships and those people to do that very good good work sometimes very painful. I will admit sometimes very painful, but good, good work. Ultimately, that's going to benefit us in our future, in our future relationships. Oh, it's so good, Laura. And you know, even as you're talking about loving people, I want
1: to just like bring up one thing that's really important is have you, and this is a question for you and we can kind of talk about it. Have you ever had those moments in loving people where God has put someone on your heart? or done different things like uh, you're walking somewhere and you just see something and you just know you have to act or say something. Has that happened to you? Like, how would you speak in, like that's part of loving people. The that, practical side. The practical side, because we just talked about grace growers and we all have them, whether it's in yeah. your family, your circle of friends, whatever it may be that God is using in your life. How, how would you speak into even loving people practically? Because I think, in my own life I've seen this manifested multiple times and some of the most profound experiences of loving people came in the most unexpected times. Right. And kind of didn't even think it would be a big deal and it ended up being something really profound. Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. I mean I think those kinds of situations happen over and over and over again. Um you know one just really really practical example is Um, you know every year Jason and I try to take one month out of the year and we don't do any frivolous spending so frivolous meaning like even like throwing extra things into the into the um, grocery order you know like just everything is just exactly based on like what do we need we pay our bills and then we take anything extra that the budget allowed for. Um, and we just pray about what God wants us to do with that. And so we call it frugality month. We do it every year. And one year I remember we did, um, frugality month and we prayed about what we, you know, what God would have us do. And I felt like the Lord put a couple of people on our hearts, um, to take that money and to just bless them anonymously, just bless them anonymously. And it was interesting because the people that I felt like the Lord, place in her heart were a couple of relationships that just still had some work to be done. There was restoration needed and um, you know, and and so part of it was actually to physically sow a seed. And the interesting thing is like like we would have described like feeling like we had been unjustly treated in these relationships so it was actually very mm. <laughs> hard to do and self-sacrificial because we felt like in these relationships like we had done everything in our strength to be able to bring restoration to that but we had been you know just hurt we had been hurt in these in these stories and in these relationships and so we we did it like it was and it was like it was like Painful. Do you know what I mean? It was like, like talk about not wanting to do something. You're like, you feel like you're just like dragging. But, but we did it, and we just sewed it. And, um, some of those relationships have restored. Some of them haven't. Some of them haven't come to the fullness of um the restoration that we that we would have hoped for. But some actually have. Some have actually made progress since that time. That was a few years ago. But, but saying that, like those are the kinds of things like. Like jason and i very much like in prayer will sense that god will say act in the opposite spirit of what you feel you know so you feel angry you feel hurt you want to put up a protective wall you want to run in the opposite direction move in the opposite spirit, Mm. send an encouraging note to like someone, you know, or reach out or, you know, all of these things, extend forgiveness. So these are the types of things that the Lord will just say that are really, really painful and really hard. And you know what, sometimes you just have to sew them and then like take your hands off because Mm. you actually can't make or force something to be where you want it to be. But you can sow into that, and then trust God to do the work that He wants to do. And so, I think that's one practical example of what you can do in the midst of loving people when it's hard. Hmm. I love that. That's a beautiful story, and such a it
1: really is true. I love that line. Move in the opposite spirit. I mean, we heard that years ago, and it really has stuck, hasn't it? Like when you feel a certain way because this opposite doesn't come spirit. natural none no. of this kind of no. stuff comes natural what about you yeah you know it practically you know I, I feel like it often happens whether it's an instinct of like thinking of someone random you know not random no one's random but all of a sudden you just see your day and mind. someone just comes to mind and it's not like you've been thinking about them it just comes to mind you'll just be sitting at your desk or wherever and it'll be whether a text message you'll feel to send or make a telephone call or stop by someone's house, check in, those everyday occurrences have been some of the most profound moments where I've been able to lean in to really minister to somebody from a place that they were picked up the phone and they were like, how did you know? And you're like, I didn't. <laughs> I just felt to give you a call and God opens up this door to really step into a space where someone might be felt alone or just experienced a diagnosis. You had no idea. And really, it was like a random thought. It wasn't this big spiritual moment. You're praying and you felt it'll just be, I'll walk through and I'll just think of somebody. And I've learned, years ago, I learned as soon as, if someone just random comes, just reach out. Just reach out. And it's a practical way of loving people. And it's literally saying, I'm praying for you. I love you. I'm thinking about you. You came to my mind today. This is, And just praying, asking God, is there a scripture you want me to give? Whatever it may be, taking a moment to stop and to think about somebody, not just yourself, not just this, the type of day you're having, to think and to give to somebody else. And God has literally opened up the most beautiful things about even recently, um, this past weekend, just Jay and I were driving around doing a ton of errands. Our daughter's birthday is coming. We had a bunch of stuff coming up. We thought we had a little bit of a pocket of time. Lots of stuff to do. and so Let's just today just nail all this stuff off our list. Like we've got a lot of stuff to prepare for. Pick up. do. Let's just do it. So the two of us went out. We had a great day. And the middle of the day, Jay just really felt like there's this couple that we just love and adore. And he's like, let's just pick up something for them and drop it off tonight. See if they're home. Just drop by. And it ended up working that. The husband was at home. And so, Jay, I just said, Well, I'll just go over. Well, I'd woken up from a nap and I was just, I just was really tired. And I was like, You know what? I don't feel like going over right now. I'm kind of tired. I'm going to put it off. And I just felt like, No, I'm going to go over. And I was really grumpy getting up from my nap, too, because I realized all the stuff I still had to do that night. And I just felt grumpy. And everything in me wanted to be like, You know what? I'll just postpone it. But there was something inside that was like, No, I need to go over. So I just said, hey, by chance, are you around? I just want to stop. We, we picked something up. I ended up going over, ended up being staying for about an hour and a half. And this precious friend of mine was just going through a moment and was all alone and was just feeling really overwhelmed by just life, you know, just the whole situation in her life. And amazing. But this is not someone that would probably ever let you know, reach out, the most giving, generous, beautiful friend, and I just thought in my neighborhood and I just thought, you know what? This was divine. This is something she probably would have just suffered in silence at night and just kind of gotten over, but not really had a vulnerable time to let someone in. And I just felt so honored to say, thank you, God. Like I could have easily, like we were talking about this before the podcast, sat up on the couch and be like, Oh, I'm kind of tired. I'm just going to sit here, scroll through the news, looked at some, uh, who knows? Yeah. And wasted this moment to put my coat on, to go over, walk across the block, and end up having an, a beautiful, beautiful time with this friend where I could be a friend to her, where I've had people minister in my life and she doesn't have the same network of people around her life, and especially being a young mom all by herself in this season. And so that is not to pat my back. It's actually to say I was this close, a, thresh, missed it. a threshold close, yeah, yeah. of putting my feet up and being like, oh, I'm kind of tired. We can never diminish those moments. And that that's the practical side of loving people. Yes, there's the intentional side. There's a the sewing side. There's all those sides. But there's a practical side of just those moments where we can just think they're not no big deal or just dismiss them or just put it off for tomorrow and miss those moments. And I don't think I've ever, ever acted on those impulses and been like, well, wow, that was a waste of my time or I should have done that. It actually, I would say, More often than not, it has turned out to be divine, precious. I was able to be a part of something that I would have missed. God has used me in a way despite myself. Right. Because I didn't know how important it would have been. Or even that little moment of time, a bonding moment. So like we do with with our kids, with anything, it's easy to just miss moments. We don't usually miss moments that are right in front of us. Like someone passes away or those big moments. But actually every day there's moments happening that God wants us to be a part of that he just puts a small little whisper. And do we follow the whisper? And do we drop off, you know, joke, drop off the scones. You drop off the scones today, did you do it? Yeah. Drop off the scones, that's what it was. It was a simple, I'm just dropping something off and it ended up being this beautiful moment with my friend. And even then my friend was apologizing for crying and I thought, no, I'm the one blessed to be intimately part of this moment to just be able to tell you how awesome you are to be able to speak into your life because you're not you're in a moment that you can't see from the outside what I see. And so make you drop off the scones. Don't miss the don't miss the opportunity. It's easy to put your feet up. Those are the practical loving others. Want to be easy and especially now coming out of COVID, we have to now work triple hard to get back into community, back to church, back into life groups because you know what? We don't want to. Actually, I've, I'm an introvert. So I am more than happy to be at home. I'm more than happy to be like, "Uh, I don't feel like it (laughs) because these past two years have kind of fostered this little nesty feeling. But you know what? It's moving in the opposite spirit. And when you do, you will not walk away and be like, that was a waste of my time. You'll actually say that was a better way. It was the opposite thing because I needed that. And I needed to drop the scones off because I needed that. I actually walked away and I was like, oh, I feel so much closer to that friend. I love her even more. And now I get to just be a part of, got to see a part of her life that I feel like I would have missed. So you know what? Drop off the scones. Get off your couch. Stop scrolling. Stop living life in your house behind closed doors on something that's not real. Get off the scroll and drop the scones, and pick up the scones. Drop the scones off. There you go. Don't scroll. Drop
0: the scones off. (laughs) No more scrolling. (laughs) There There you you go. Look at that. That's the awakening moment today. No, that's so scrolling through life. Stop scrolling through life. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah, it's true. It's true. And you know what? I am honestly amazed. Like I am amazed, and I know this is part of what God is trying to bring revelation in my own life through, but I'm amazed at how many things that are actually the better way Uh. for us are so hard to do. Oh, They're yeah. just actually so hard to bring ourselves to do. So much so that most of the time we talk ourselves out of them. Most of the, t- the time we say, if this is this hard, then I probably shouldn't do this. Yeah. There's probably a reason. No, the reason is because our darn flesh and our spirits at war. It's a totally. battle. It's a war within us. So there is a fight to actually walk in the way of love walk in the way that jesus taught us to walk but that is the way that will bring life it Mm. really 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 will so anyways as we have this conversation and lean into this conversation it really is a stretching of like you know what's going on on the inside and just saying okay i've got to lean into these moments and walk in the way of love because there are people all around. You know, it's so interesting too, right? Aren't we all hungering for significance? Like we're hungering for meaning and significance in our life. Yet how much time do we invest in things that will don't bring any life or any joy? Like these are the moments that will bring us the very fulfillment and significance that our soul is craving. Like that moment, even for you, Made you feel like such a significant part. You had a significant part to play in that moment in her life that was absolutely crucial. Even if you would have, like, just let's say, opened up your phone and scrolled down a feed and maybe sent some encouraging comments to people, oh, so cute, you know, love you, da 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 da. Like, would that have made you feel special or significant? No, you probably would have got off and been like, oh, I'm even more grumpy than I was before I sat here. But yet you got to participate in something that, again, fed just the desire of our heart, like to be used by God, to be significant. So these are the moments and we do not feel like doing them. So we've got to recognize that. We've got to like be triggered by that and be like, okay, this must be something that I need to do in this moment that will play into exactly who I desire to be. Mm. Oh, I've just been so amazed and aware of that, of how strongly we don't want to do these things, yet these are the very things that will help us become the person we want to be. And that's why there's so much resistance. Someone's like, okay, well, that that is the better way because it's
1: hard. (gasps) And that's why the enemy doesn't want us to do it. Because yes. the life, as we just push through that little threshold of resistance, yeah, God, and like we're saying, God's not asking no. us to go and give our lives, sell or our houses, <laughs> like, give everything I you know. have. No, no. But that little bit of resistance, when we move through it, the life and the joy on the other side. And so don't, like, I love what you're saying, Laura, like we don't have to wait for these big moments in one another's lives yeah. that we usually don't miss. We see it. It's like right, in, but it's actually the little ones. Yeah that create the greatest significant moments that happen. I love
0: it. Like how many times have you walked by your kid's bedroom, like on your way to go to bed, get in your bath, read your book, and you just, instead of just saying goodnight, you sit down on the bed for a minute and all of a sudden, two hours, an hour and a half goes by in this deep conversation. But you didn't want, to enter into that in that exact moment. Like in that moment, you were just like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. This has been a long day. I just want to, you know, I just want to watch a show. I just want to lie down. I just, I need a comfort right now. But literally this like deep bonding, significant moment happened, right? And it is like that all the time. How many times like just catching like an intimate moment with your husband, that like really you had something else on your mind. Like you were on your way somewhere else. But like mm. you caught the moment, you know, you caught. Stopped your agenda. Yeah. And so again, like it is all of these oh. types of things that are what we're leaning into when it comes yep. to loving others.
1: I love that. Stop scrolling through life. And we're
0: not even just talking scrolling on social media. Your agenda. Yeah, Scrolling through your agenda
1: book yep stop skipping scrolling. along you got your
0: next plan on your mind yeah. you're Checklist. on your
1: way yeah stop scrolling stop scrolling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah really stop good. scrolling and start strolling <laughs> <laughs> we get so cheesy here to end oh my goodness but a great yeah. great reminder today yeah, and a one. great realignment and we're all working that out oh like, yeah. that's it there's no perfecting of this no. it's just an awareness beautiful. and just to say a beautiful no perfecting of this i love
0: that yeah that's it. It's true. It's yeah. true. Awareness of our weakness in it and yeah. that we miss moments all the time, but that there are always going to be more moments coming yeah. that we can lean into. So, but pay attention. Yeah. Pay specific attention to those things that you really don't want to do. <laughs> pay attention. There's something yeah. there. In fact, the more you feel like you're it, <laughs> you're pushing it. Yeah. against it there's yep. probably something There's probably something there for you. There's probably yeah. something there. Oh, I love it. So as we close
1: today, you know, the Father's table is open to you and that's it, he always has time for you. He doesn't miss a moment. We miss many moments, but he doesn't miss a moment and he redeems every moment. And he is always waiting to capture every moment you give him with him. So may you pour out your heart, linger at the table,
0: Get to know his heart because he loves yours. That's right. And you have wandered around this mountain long enough. This mountain of missing moments, this mountain of not loving yourself, you've wandered long enough. It's time to turn. It's time to turn northward. Fix your eyes on Jesus and look and pull from what he has for you. Let him love you first and out of that place. Love him back and love others as he's commanded us to do. And and together, together, me, Rhonda, all of us together, we are imperfectly, on this journey together and excited to see what God wants to do. And if you have a testimony of leaning into something that you did not want to do, but you did anyways, we would love to hear it. We would love to hear these stories because honestly, this is like a daily thing. This is like a daily thing that happens, you know, for both of us. So we would love to hear your stories. They can encourage us and we love to encourage you. So have a wonderful, wonderful day.